Welcome to Because the Beatles, the podcast about the Beatles, everything about the Beatles 24-8. I'm Allison. And I'm Erica. And before we start, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And if you're enjoying BC the Beatles, please feel free to leave a preferably five-star review so other Beatle maniacs can find us. Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, slash X, and now TikTok. We'll be posting videos, photos, and more from this episode and beyond. And don't forget, you can also email us at bcthebeatles at gmail.com. So we have a special episode today. Last month on the day that Now and Then was released, Allison joined some of our Beatles podcasting friends from Blotto Beatles and Ranking the Beatles for a discussion about that release. They talked about everything now and then, the arrangement, the song's history, Peter Jackson's video, the Red and Blue albums, and of course, that controversial cover art. So for the last week in 2023, we're revisiting the most exciting thing that happened in the Beatles world this year. And if you don't know those other two podcasts, Pop over to their feeds and give them a listen afterwards. They're both fantastic, and we'll put links in the show notes. So enjoy, and Happy New Year! Well, first of all, first of all, before we even get into it, we should all say hello and say uh, who the hell we are, in case the people listening to our podcast don't know who everyone else is. But we've kind of like assembled like the Avengers of Beatle podcasters. We're like a <laughs> ninety-two dream team of Beatle podcasters. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm Jonathan from Ranking the Beatles. I'm one half of our show, and uh, happy to be here tonight. Hey everybody, this is uh, Tommy from Blotto Beatles here with a couple of the other Blottos as well. Becker from Blotto Beatles, RB from Blotto Beatles. And last but I guess not least, Allison from BC the Beatles. Yeah. Welcome back, by the way. Good to have you back in the in the in in the party. Thank you. We're very happy to be back, especially right now, obviously. Yeah, you couldn't have timed it any better. I almost feel like did yeah, you time it like this. <laughs> such a coincidence, you know? Right. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> wow. But it's just, you know, the universe works in mysterious ways, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Real, real quick, Jonathan, in the 92 Dream Team analogy, would you say I'm like more of the Christian Leitner or, or am I like... Uh, this is already more sports am I, on, on my show. Uh, this is sports ball. Clyde the Glide Drexler. No, well, I'll take no other choice. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I wanted to hear everyone's thoughts. I'm going to go around real quick, but I did have one note at the beginning. And I guess I, I would just love if anyone had more clarity on it. Did the release of this tune seem strange and... Like, it was really teased to us by Paul early. Was he maybe not supposed to say anything? And then we had the countdown to the announcements, and, and then we were getting the track, like, one week later. Like, it just felt, in, like, a traditional music release sense, it must have existed for a while. It must have been a lot of people keeping some secrets. But then the rollout just seemed... Well, I have a very close friend who recently told me that she heard it in late September. <laughs> and... Uh, 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 so it has who's been... that? Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, Allison, hey, you're here. Yeah, that was... You. Oh, hey. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, it's weird. Like, either choose to surprise us or don't. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, they couldn't decide if it was a surprise or not. Yeah. I was... Yeah, I heard... Um, I remember back on, like, John's birthday. Do you remember the night before people were like, oh, it's going to be... Yeah, the announcement's going to be made the next day, and then it wasn't, and or maybe it was even earlier in September because I remember being like I wasn't sure, 
Uh, but when I went to the listening event, they rolled it. They like told us all the marketing plan and the dates and stuff. But because um, I remember being like, are they going to do it this early? I thought it was going to be later in the year. Um, but yeah, I remember there was like that one specific date that people were convinced, you know, it was going to come out. Yeah. And then they blamed Taylor Swift. Or like all of the fans blamed Taylor Swift. Did she also like put out a release or something that day? And, they, and then they blamed, then they blamed like the wrong one. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I just, I just couldn't tell. It seemed... It, you know, and I want to talk about the video deeper. It seems like things may have been a little rushed across the board, but I can't tell why. <laughs> you know, I well, can't tell why. To, to speak to what you're saying about just kind of the timing of it, I was talking about this with somebody the other day. It felt like, you know, the Stones teased their record for what seemed like two, maybe three months. Um, and with this being, you know, ru- you know, publicly like a week at most, that's kind of what I think is all that they need for a song. Cause really the red and blue thing is the red and blue compilations are kind of forgotten in this discussion already. Like no one's really right. talking about that. It's all about the new song. And yeah. I think, you know, without a bigger product to push, like something really new and innovative and important, I think one week is kind of perfect. Otherwise, like how long do you want to build up the excitement for a song before people yeah. are just going to go, I don't give a shit anymore. Like drop it or don't, I don't care. And I think maybe I feel the buildup was there because the world that I'm living in was talking about it so much also. You know, like I do feel like it was built up, but certainly not in the press way. It was built up yeah. because like every day. Well, was- it's also, it's also a Beatles song. So, I mean, you know, you have somebody like Beyonce, right? Who drops her albums in the middle of the night. I think Taylor Swift did that, right? A couple weeks ago. So it's, you know, they could have feasibly done that and it would have been a sensation. Yeah. You know? And just yeah. up to it. Sure. Yeah. But uh, so so the song comes out on Thursday, and uh, what was everyone classic music dropped it right? <laughs> Got him. Uh, Go back historically. Thursday's the big day for a music <laughs> drop. <laughs> what was everyone's first listen? Now, obviously, Allison, you heard it first. So maybe let's start with you because you kind of got to hold on to this, you know, secret for a while. What was the first listen like for you? What were your first impressions? What are your impressions yeah, now? You know, a month or two. Yeah. Yeah, I've been sitting on it for a while. And, you know, we weren't even allowed to say that there was an event. We had this is the first Beatles event I've ever gone to where we had to sign an NDA. Wow. Um, yeah. So we like literally weren't even, you know, allowed that to acknowledge. No Donovan's allowed, right? Yes. <laughs> That's what that stands for. They don't like Scottish troubadours, you know. <laughs> very, very anti that. Um, so yeah, they played they played the documentary first, which I love. I'm assuming we're gonna get into that. Um, and then the song by itself and then the video and then they did play us some tracks from the red and blue. They played us like the Atmos mix for I am the walrus, which was pretty crazy as you can imagine. Um, but hearing this song was, I don't know. I didn't really know what to expect going into it, you know, and I tried to keep an open mind and I know that the demo or the bootleg of now and then has been sort of floating around the internet for years, but I'd never heard it. I had no familiarity of, of it whatsoever. Um, and I liked it. Um, I still like it. Uh, I think it is, it taps into the sentimentality. Maybe people want nowadays. It sort of like has a nostalgic feeling. I think the McLennan shippers are pretty happy with it. Uh, you know, uh, especially since that cassette tape said for Paul on it. Hey, um, has that ever been yeah. verified? 
Becker and I almost I... fight about that this week. <laughs> that was on my list. That's on my list of questions to ask. Where you know, I yeah, I you know what I can I don't I don't know. I guess I forget where I heard that. Yeah, um, we've all heard it, I think. But I I'm for me, some of that language has been erased in the marketing for this. Paul doesn't say it at all. He doesn't say it in the documentary. And why wouldn't they be using a tape with the writing that says for Paul on it in all of the marketing stuff? Like that's a really good question. I, I mean, thought it was weird that we've never seen it. Like I tried to look yeah. for it, you know. The Guardian article says it. It's quoted in there. Tommy sent that to me when I questioned him. Um, but it seems to me like that myth wiped a little bit. I don't I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm gonna hear from one, anyone. What's the definitive? Uh, please, please sure. Well, one yeah. point that I was in New York last week and I had drinks with I'm gonna give him credit with Rob Sheffield. And he said he made a really good point where it's like if it's not about Paul, it would have been on double fantasy. You know, if it were about Yoko, that would have been and you know, right in that pocket. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense, you know? And I don't know. I, I think the lyrics fit. It doesn't have to be like in a romantic way, but I could see that, you know, late 70s, he's probably reflecting, you know, getting back into music. I could see it. Now, whether or not it's up for Paul, like, why haven't we seen the tape? Bring out that tape. Let's see. Yeah. Button back images, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think saying now and then I, I miss you, about Yoko, it wouldn't even make sense because he's yeah. with her all the time. Well, like, unless you're in LA yeah. when you're first writing it, you know? <laughs> right. I thought I, that now and then sentiment is not something you say to a loved one. Like that's, I don't believe that it's fully about Paul. Like I do believe it's it's sort of running the line. Um, But the now and then thing, it is a very sort of like, yeah, think about you now and then, like what you would only say that in the context of a different relationship, I think, you know, and maybe be a little tongue in cheeky about it or something like that. But I, you know, I don't even think that Paul seems to be playing off that as much in the release or any of that. Like for me, I really feel like it does end up being kind of like a love letter reposition to like us as, as listeners, you know, like I think the way that I feel it, it signs off in the tune. I feel more like it's talking to us like fandom and maybe yeah. that's just because what i want to see in it but like that's how i feel it's position maybe uh maybe it was for julian yeah oh is that yeah. oh wow yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah too soon yeah i, I sorry <laughs> i think paul also like keeps his he keeps his card so like close to the vest you know and there's i'm sure at some point it'll come up you know the the carl perkins story um, about the last thing that John supposedly said to Paul, think about me now and then, old friend. I don't think Paul has ever val- verified that story. Carl Perkins is on the record with that story, but Paul is not. Um, and I would have to imagine if that came up, you know, if a journalist asked him about it and said, hey, I heard this thing about Carl Perkins saying the story, like, what's the deal on it? And Paul's never commented on it. He might not want to talk about it. So it may just be something that is just... And I think that maybe leads to the greater kind of, you know, quest for this song is like, this is an intensely personal thing to him, you know, on a, a really deep level. But it, it did make me bummed and it must speak to the condition she's in that we don't have any Yoko at all. Right. Like there's no Yoko in the documentary. You don't even get a voiceover bite or something like that. Like, you know, 
she's probably in the best position to set some set the stage a bit, especially if Paul's not going to give us anything. We don't. We just get Sean. Right? Like clearly, he's the yeah the yeah. official mouthpiece, right? Mm-hmm. I thought as we're talking about like the the title and does it relate to Paul and or to Yoko or whatever. The the thing I'm surprised no one or maybe it's just, I haven't seen anyone talk about is like the literal way the song's assembled tied to the title the idea that so much is now and so much is then you know like and and, but you couldn't forecast a better way for this thing to come out with that song title you know the idea that we're getting this george harrison guitar part from the the anthology that is wherever it is in the mix but it's it's recorded closer to the original recording that john demoed by about a decade than it is to today and that is i mean that blows wow right that is wild yeah um you know and like is there i have my feelings on the song i want to get into that but is there a more perfect conclusion in that way that like in 1970 whatever do we have an exact date is it 74 is it 77 that that he recorded it 77 i believe yes okay so you know that John Lennon writes a song called "Now and Then" in '77 that ends up being the the then <laughs> the then the the end point on the Beatles' career that's going to be recorded. You know, you, decades in the future with technology that John had no idea could never have imagined would exist. You know, I I don't know. There's a, a weird poetry there. Yeah, so many great Beatle things are oddly. Um, poetic or you know to seem like the strangest kind of luck that brings these things about almost like almost like it's written by somebody you know it's just like it's just so cosmically weird sometimes it's the AI one of those things it's the AI yes yeah Yeah. but um you know for me I constantly struggle with sort of older musicians that are putting out new work and like how are we supposed to compare music these days like is it against their catalog is it against contemporary music does it bring joy and for me like this time around i was just like i chose joy you know when i was 14 years old and i got free as a bird um in the first video when it when when it comes on um i was watching it live you know like why wouldn't i do the same thing for myself now you know like i decided just to enjoy the hype and yep. i loitered around the internet for a couple of days i read all the takes I, I blocked time on my calendar at work i just put on my headphones and i i listened you know and like if Paul felt compelled to finish it and he's telling me it's a Beatles song and and it's good enough for me. You know, I don't know that I care what percentage is original and what is and and that's where I stand today. Like I, I can totally revise that later. I'm I'm really reserving, you know, like I'll say I think it's good, you know. I've seen good takes, bad takes on it online. Like what I what I think where a lot of people are misusing is the term masterpiece. Like I'm seeing that a lot. Like the Beatles probably have 20 to 25 masterpieces maybe i would say maybe i'm even being generous i don't know but like this song is not a masterpiece it's very interesting how it all came together but um yes it's a technical achievement yeah yes yeah i absolutely in that perspective you know give them all the production related grammys and awards that are available for it because yeah this is a technological marvel like this is I think a real turning point in music production history, I have to think. Cause like, have they done anything this of this quality 
on this kind of restoration, like in a, in a, in a, on a song? I mean, obviously you had Get Back. And then before that, you had kind of more, not lo-fi, but just not as, uh, not as good, you know, technique in 94. You know, like this seems like it's like a real turning point for what can be done for especially um, legacy artists who have probably a ton of, you know, one track or two track recordings that are sitting in boxes they don't know what to do with, you know, like. Right. Well, that, I mean, this is why why the Revolver Deluxe set happened too, right? Yeah. This is like being able to, to go back to these tr tracks that they had bounced on top of other tracks and you don't have control over them anymore. Now you do. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. And hopefully that'll lead us to get, sorry, the earlier albums, because I remember even, it, it's kind of amazing because even a few years ago, I was like, oh my gosh, I hope we get a revolver set. And everybody was like, no, that'll never happen. Because yeah, like you said, they mixed down the tracks too much, but it's, and now, you know, we have it, it's tangible. So who knows what will happen? But I wanted to ask you guys, um, one of my impressions of the song was that it reminded me a lot of Woman. Yeah. from double fantasy did and can anybody else hear that or is it I just do. me mm -hmm. well, yeah i absolutely do and i think there's one of the things i kept coming back to allison was like I, I focused in on the bass at one point i was like oh this is weird it kind of reminds me of the bass that a george or a john would play when paul's playing piano and then mm -hmm. like, oh that's because john never really plays piano and sings lead on beatles songs that's after beatles like there's some of yeah. like, I'm the walrus, he's playing electric piano, but he's not doing like an Imagine ever mm. in the Beatles, right? Like that yeah. doesn't, maybe I'm missing something. I was trying to think off the top of my head, but, um, and so I think it does totally hearken to like solo John because that's what we're getting, right? We're getting the, the John Lennon sitting in a piano with a vocal and a band supporting him in a way that, and that makes it like, it's a different Beatles-y thing, right? Because that was Paul's thing at towards the end of the Beatles to have the the piano ballad and other people yeah mm -hmm. and on that note too the first time I heard it um at the listening one thing that I took away I was like it sounds a lot like stuff that was on chaos and creation you know yeah. and mm -hmm. so it really reminded me of like anyway on that album last track you know it was really that was that was my first initial takeaway from it like at least the arrangement yeah as, as, yeah. Just the sound of the piano and stuff. It sounds so like um, modern and compressed and like yeah. duty. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's not what I associate my ears to, to the Beatles. It's like it's you, you end up with this, you know, it's recorded to tape in the 60s and it's, it's, got, it's got flaws and it's, you know, it has a certain tonal quality to it that that this especially the, the drums are huge. Like when Ringo first comes in, like the bass drum, it's thumpy, super modern sounding. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a different sound than, uh, than I kind of expect when I, when I think of Beatles in my mind. Yeah. And I think but, if I, if I had a wish and a hope that I could keep for this song, it would be that they had kind of mixed it more with that like early solo Lennon vibe of like maybe just a little more space around things and a little more room around it to to let the songwriting shine it is very full yeah um and, and you know i my feelings on this one are complex i've been trying to like all week be kind of binary about it and be like do i think it's good or it's bad and it's like there are really wonderful you have to you know things here 
And there are things that I disagree with in, in the execution of it too, you know? And like, that's probably the coolest part because it's going to continue to unfold. I'm going to want to go back to it to try and, and unwrap what I do think of it. I, I don't know that I'm there yet. Yeah. But well, can I say something so what you're little... speaking about before, um, I think we're experiencing a little bit just sort of future proofing of the Beatles, right? Like it's happening in, in the way the video looks. It's happening in the way this sounds a little bit like they don't want people in 30 years to think this, this sounds a hundred years old, you know, like the Atmos, all this stuff. Like it, it's not how necessarily I'm choosing to listen to music, but it's probably the way things are going. Like, um, you know, I, I think that's part of the, the sound stuff that maybe we're not as, as, as relating to as much. Yeah. I, I think the goal is to, is to modernize the catalog for modern listening tastes, which yeah. unfortunately is brick walling and just compressing the shit out of everything until it's all just loud. And that's unfortunate for people that I think experienced it in its original, in its original kind of incarnation. Um, but I think that's also just how they're choosing to go forward with, you know, with the progress of the, of the uh, catalog. Allison, what were you going to, you were going to say something? Well, I, if I could be a little controversial for a moment, I know people are heralding, <laughs> I know people are heralding, you know, how they sort of restored John's voice. I don't really hear it. Like I sort of hear like free as a bird on it, you know, the way it's sort of still like ghostly and eerie and I don't hate it. I like it, but I just don't hear like pristine, clear, you know, like properly recorded John. I hear demo John on it still, you know, so I just don't. Does anybody else hear that or do you guys disagree? Kind of the weirdness of it. Like you hear the different time periods in this recording, right? We've got this. Like you're saying, they, they did the best. Like the thing they do with the restored John is they're not making it sound modern, but they're making it isolated. Right. That's what they were able to do. That's the magic there. But it's still recorded to cassette to tape. Yeah. Cassette to tape. He said sort of cassette to tape. That's very you know. echo and stuff onto his voice. And that almost right. makes it sound like computer again. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and I think the other thing is that, like we were saying before, there's so much happening in the song. At some point, it kind of settles into the background a little bit of everything that's happening. And then you have the free as a bird effect where it's just there's so much happening. So you maybe don't hear the sonic uh, imperfection of his original track. And also, like, it's obviously not a attempt at a master vocal take. Like, he's singing lightly. It's, you know, it's tentative. Um, so it's not what we would expect, like, an on-the-mic, you know, upfront, confident vocal attempt that you would yeah. get on most So you songs. remember it later. Yeah. Yeah, he, he still didn't have all the words to what ended up being the chorus. Like, the end yeah. of it, he's, like, he's... He, uh, uh, it's, you know, now and then I miss you. And then it says, the, the, the last That's line, I, yeah. I want this all, it like he maybe says the word eternally and then something returned to me. Like he's like kind of still like figuring out what those words are. Yeah. And they filled in, obviously, I think they, they probably brought up Paul a little bit more in that part. And I don't know how they, they fixed John's vocal in there because that's not what he actually sang in the demo. And I wish like they would have had Paul like write a proper bridge like they did for Free as a Bird. Yeah. You know? There is a yeah. lot of a lot of talk about the bridge section that is cut from the original demo. And I was thinking about that because part of me was wondering, you know, when they wrote the sections for Free as a Bird, it gave him and George a chance to collaborate. And it wasn't seen as Paul 
running the show. And I almost wonder if maybe he decided not to do that. So it wasn't a, oh, Paul's running the show and rewriting history. And now he's rewriting John's solo song. But like that part of the song was not done. Like the lyric was only half there. That said, melodically, I love that part of the demo. I think it's one of the yeah. nicest parts. Um, and I saw today, funny enough, somebody has stuck that into the new version and like oh, really? made that, that like thing. three chorus part that they dropped. Saw that. Yeah. 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 And that's, and the thing that I, that I, that I found is like, I don't think that's a pre-chorus. I think that'd be a bridge. Maybe that would have made a nicer solo section for a slide part as opposed to like Paul that's, writing a verse, but or writing a, a lyric over it. That, that little sure. part where that they had removed the, the, I don't want to lose you part. Mm-hmm. Those, those chords are, are used for the guitar solo just in a different, different key. key. Yeah. Yeah. So they shit it like, uh, but I, I, you can hear, uh, in the second, maybe like the fifth bar or whatever, the solo you hear, the piano does a little, uh-huh. the, I don't want to lose you. You hear that in, in a little piano riff behind the slide guitar solo. That's oh. something I didn't hear the first time around, but I heard it, uh, subsequent listens. I was like, oh. That, I know that melody. Yeah. <laughs> John vocally is very like thin sounding at that part. Like I am wondering if they tried it and it didn't work or if they are intentionally cutting it out because he says, you know, abuse you or. Yeah, or, that was my other. Are thought. they censoring the song? You know, like I don't, I don't know. Yeah, like that wouldn't be very woke of them. Right. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so funny that you say that to go back to just a second ago that Paul maybe didn't want to steamroll the whole thing. Because another thought I had when I first heard it, I was like, Paul is Pauling too hard. Like, he's just going full <laughs> Paul on this track. Because, like, you know, in the documentary, he talks about, like, oh, you know, George recorded the guitar solo, so I wanted to do, you know, pay a tribute to him yeah. by re-recording Doing the guitar. Like, <laughs> did he say he did yeah. a solo? I, I don't remember him saying that he, yeah. he done a solo. He does the slide guitars. Yeah, he 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 re-recorded George's right. part. Right. I, I just didn't remember him saying that. That George had done a solo as well. I, I thought he did. Yeah, yeah. George did rhythm he did. on it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, George did a solo, yeah. We did that. I was like, damn, Paul, like, <laughs> let George have a goddamn solo, dude. <laughs> yeah. We sent the credits over. We were looking at those the other day, and it's Paul on bass, vocals, piano, background vocals, guitar, harpsichord, shaker, slide guitar. Yeah. <laughs> then, and then it's a bunch of uh, the, then the, the musicians. The strings. Last people listed. <laughs> George Ayers and Ringo Starr. And and it's Ringo Starr on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> but he's dancing in front of that mic that he maybe sings on in the song. Yeah. Oh my God. He's, I like how. Face on it. I like how he has the old mic too. Like Paul's got the modern mic, but Ringo's got like the 40s, like sort of crooner mic. Like he's going to do an Elvis, like, you know, hip shake or something. Uh, do y'all want to talk about the video? Or do y'all want to stick with the song for a minute? I mean, I want to get to the the video for sure. Yeah. I guess, I mean, ultimately... It's all part of the same thing anyway. So. Yeah, I mean, here's my my last, like, full song feeling is I'm, like, trying to figure out what... I just want the listener to know that Tommy has switched to his zoomed-in camera for yeah, this. Yeah, this, this is so. just for... I think it's it's going to be pretty, yeah, real. Gonna be pretty <laughs> important, actually. So no, if we could because my, my computer's overloading, couldn't handle the HD camera. <laughs> if we could uh, give um, him some space to make this... Please thing. support to our Patreon. Uh, no. Um... <laughs> So big, big Beatles week, obviously, right? BC, the Beatles is back. Number one, we get a Beatles song, uh, number two. And then uh, our friends, exactly. Frank and the Beatles, 
came out with a new episode last week as well. It was great. And I, every single morning, wake up with a song in my head. And I recently said this to, I think I was talking to Becker and some other friends who were hanging out with, like, does that happen to everyone else? Does everyone wake? And most people are like, yeah, I wake up with a song in my head every morning. So I wake up Friday morning with a song in my head, and it is, you know my name, look up the number. <laughs> If that is the song, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, right. About that that with the Sam, yeah. But I'm like, shouldn't it have been now and then? Like, what does that say about the sting? Because I had a full 48 hours of struggling to absorb anything about this tune. Like, I would put it on and listen to it. This is the time I'm going to really get into it and listen to it. And 20 minutes later, be like, what is the melody? I don't. I don't know. And I, I've come out of that and I, I recall it now and it's there. It's a little more ingrained, but I don't know what that says, uh, you know, about like recency bias or anything like that. But it'll be interesting. I do think Freeze a Bird is a better song. I think it's a better recording. I think well, it's a better final product. I'm willing to plant my flag in that ground today. Um, but it, it, I'll join you on that island, Tommy. <laughs> you're there with me? I am. In fact, Sorry. In fact, like every time I started to think about the melody between like the first time I heard it when it came out, it would morph into Freeze the Bird for me. Yeah. Where it's like now and then like it was the like the Freeze the Bird melody. And I'm like, that's not it. It can't be that. It's Freeze the Bird. I think it's probably a better final product than Real Love. Um, I agree. At the end of the day, I, you know, I think it's it, yeah. if we're talking about these post Beatles recordings that they've made Beatles recordings. I think it sits in in the middle of the two. Like RB, you said, the technological achievement here is astounding, and and it is a song, right? Like, and I'm not trying to be like, uh, I'm not trying to degrade it in that. Like, it is a complete piece of art, you know. And um, but that's where I am. You don't you don't typically judge your art by technological achievement. Correct. That's that is true. So I don't. I I actually I thought maybe I would be. the harshest person on this tune and i'm like i kind of i kind of like it and uh i i think i mean i like it better than than free as a bird like if i judge all of these songs i'm like what i put on like when is the last time everyone really hit play on free as a bird this we did it for a show two weeks ago two years ago i don't know that i've done it i wanted to make that comparison yeah, yeah okay fairness i listened to it again in contrast to this song so i did listen to free as bird in the last like 48 hours I do feel like I've one of these podcasts is about truth. I have pulled it up lately just out of like, you know, it's popped in my head for some reason. I'm like, oh, yeah, I haven't heard that in a minute. And uh, and yeah, I, I do really enjoy it. I th- and I do think it is a stronger, a stronger song and product. I do hear things now that we have now and then I, I do hear things that I want them to hopefully address in the inevitable, uh, you know, remixing and and mal software run through that they will get um you know i think some of the things that make now and then really successful uh you know you've got ringo playing without a click track necessarily and not being like attached to the jeff lynn grid like it actually sounds like ringo's playing drums and not overdubbing each part individually that was one of the things i loved in the documentary was you see like a good three seconds of ringo doing a hi-hat track just playing click dit 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 and he's he's hitting the two and four on his leg with the other stick. And I'm like, that's how they built the drum track for the other two songs. I I hate that part. Like it just it it sucks the soul out of it. And I think 
that's one of the things I enjoy about this song is it has that groove of Ringo actually playing, which I I love. It's like when, when he hits that fill, it's like there he is. That's Ringo, and there's there's a coming at home. Oh, yeah, in the truck <laughs> in his tracksuit, <laughs> and, yeah. and there's a great like what looks like an extra bedroom. Where, like the, Ringo doesn't have a dedicated drumming room. Like it looks like maybe like. Uh, um, Joe Walsh is sleeping on the sofa out of frame or something, you know? <laughs> he definitely is. Yeah. <laughs> but like, Harvey, did we get your opening thoughts, your opening bid? Uh, about where I think this, this, yeah. Is, it just, uh, I just want to make sure you're on the record before we go too much deeper. Yeah. I, th- I think as, as a, well, so when I listened to the John demo of the song, knowing that this was the song that was going to eventually become the Beatles song ha- before having heard it, uh, having heard the Beatles version of it, I was like, really? Like, this is the song that we're going to build up? Like, it's almost all minor chords. It's like this bit of like a dirge. You know what I mean? I feel like they've polished it up enough to, uh, or or maybe I've just listened to it enough now that it's 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 in my head and now it's... Uh, you know, I, I can appreciate it more maybe, but I was really kind of surprised that this was even like up for consideration sure. initially. Um, I'm, I, I, I like the, the overall track. I think, I think free as a bird, uh, is a better overall song. I like it as a song more than I like this song. Um, I, I, I obviously like, um, uh, he, I, and I did listen to Free as a Bird this week just to compare the sound of John's voice, knowing that like this was, you know, that that crappy cassette that they weren't able to isolate. Um, and how does that how does that sit in the mix versus versus this one? Um, and yeah, I I I would love to hear a, a cleaned up version of of both uh, those other yeah other tracks, but. But yeah, I, I think I, I as as an overall song, there's there's not a whole lot to it. There's like two parts that we get that slide guitar solo, which is honestly it's uh, the 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 part about the guitar solo that that more interests me was listening to the, all the individual Beatles ahs and oohs sniffed out of other songs because there's that one there's the they hit that one. D major chord and you're like that's because, because it yeah hops at you it goes D and it goes D minor and you hear that ah, and you're like yep that like that was the kind of like highlight of of my first listen of hearing that that piece little pop out um, yeah the Beatles samples were really cool I, I think it was done in a very like classy way almost like it's not gimmicky and I'm not downplaying lo- like the love compilation but like that's very much like this is a thing we're doing. Like, look at all the yeah, yeah. things. And this is yeah. just like, it's very nice backing vocals. I was really impressed right. by that. That's, it didn't, didn't feel like a, like a mashup. Yes, it felt like exactly. peacefully done background vocals. Um, uh, I, I actually kind of, kind of like the way that the arrangement ends. Uh, it, all of the phrases get a little bit shorter as the song gets toward the end. And then in the outro, we're in groups of three, three bar phrase. And then we get it like everything like funnels down and shrinks down. And they really play that up in the music video too. During the outro of all that stuff, you got all these, you're going back in time and, 
uh, not to jump straight into the music video, but um, we want to get there. Clear. We're going to do next. <laughs> What's shocking to me about the music video is that Allison told us she saw it in September. So clearly they had more time to work on it because that was part of my thesis of this entire video. But uh, it's uh, yeah, it's not true. And and in fact, Becker, it's like I, if I'm honest, I thought it was a rough cut, you know, yeah. because there were parts of it that I still think are pretty freaky. Like some of the AI freaks me out, like yeah. where they animate the photos and what is that? Like you're talking about the John Lennon. So, uh, oh, that I mean, they animate like the John especially freaks me out. But I think that like you know, there's that montage. I think you're talking about where it's like the the photos of them going back to like when they were kids, and it's just like slightly. Oh, wait, this was animated. a little flight animation. Yeah. I had no idea. No one's ever told yeah. me that before that they came out of England in post World War Two, <laughs> right? <laughs> Crazy. See, blow your mind. This is what we do. Right. You know, bcthebeatles.com. No, oh, I, meant, um, I, meant, I'm, I meant that for Peter Jackson. Thank you so yeah. much for oh, I think. us. Yeah. He is the third uh, BC the Beatles oh, okay. uh, person. <laughs> um, he's honorary, I guess. Um, no, but like that, I think there's a shot of what, like Hamburg John, where he like turns his head like a really creepy way. And I'm like, yeah. I just don't, the AI of imaging i mean it freaks me out in general but it freaked me out in the video and i was sort of like okay they're just and some of the green screening i was like okay like they're just rough this is a rough cut yeah nope yeah there's not. part of me that's like oh i thought peter jackson had like this super computer that's like the size of a house and then i watched this video i'm like maybe he has just like a bunch of packard bells that um that he just tied it up like it's like it's like low, a land party at peter jackson's house you know that he's just like editing a land party yeah he just typed in a chat gpt and you know? yeah. what would be yeah i like the game like oh it's my first my first music video so you know like uh, i'm pretty proud of everyone well, it, like, it gets you put it on music videos, though, right like the first 30 to 45 seconds are pretty good you're like i'm in like I'm seeing them in the '90s sit down and oh oh yeah yeah that was and you're like that's yeah, it like that's I'm, I'm here for this this is really cool and like seeing them and can we just shout out really quick the Susie and the Red Stripes drumhead oh yeah, yeah. Jordan yeah, awesome. shot yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like yeah hell yeah now there is some talk yeah. do they do they then CGI the drumhead into the magical mystery tour drumhead or is it actually swapped out in that footage because after you see right. Susie and the, and the Red Stripes it's later sure. it's the the orange Beatles love drumhead instead. And so we're like, oh. did they CGI the freaking drumhead too? Oh, I didn't notice that. Did they? So wait, did they just forget about having Susie and the Red Stripes in that earlier shot? And they were like... I don't know, yeah. I think he huh. That's so interesting. Right, yeah. like, because it's looking great, and then all of a sudden you get these, like... Fairless rails faded, like green screened. Hello, goodbye, people next to people. Like, <laughs> like what is? Yeah. Like the guitar is phasing in and out as it's going across people. You like it just looked like they had had a lot of ideas and they let like a bunch of different groups go off and do those ideas, and then they came back and were like, "Oh, we have to cut this together." Yeah, now. and someone did. A creepy John looking into the sunset with Beatles. I want to know who that was. Yeah, that is that is John. Somebody, somebody, somebody linked the actual footage, uh, or it, it's, I don't know if it's a, a video or a picture, but it's a picture of it's John and Sean. I think they're uh, somewhere in Japan. Like it is an. Were they actually looking at the Beatles? Too? They were. Yeah, the Beatles actually <laughs> were the sun. Of course, pretty amazing. That's wild. <laughs> 
yeah. there was this yeah they were moment. floating through the sky <laughs> the Beatles right. miracle you're, you're unfamiliar <laughs> <laughs> if it happens three times then the Pope has to wreck it's mentioned in the book of John Paul George and Ringo um, <laughs> when a video came out Julia has been under the weather so she's like sitting on the couch so I go bring over the laptop I'm like here comes the video we watch it and when it gets to the scene in the studio where you've got Paul and Ringo doing a thing and then John and George pop up, she just goes, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> like she was out at that point. Like, that was my thought, too, yeah. the green screen. I just can't. Yeah, and that's. Well, and the other thing was like, you know, why could Paul and Ringo not be in the same room to record for the footage? entire year? Even promo and all of that, yeah. always Ringo and LA Paul have the not, recording. not been together. Wait, the strings recording mm-hmm. in LA? Yeah. Yeah. And we, yeah, because Paul. Oh, that's right. Because they shoot, they shoot Capital. That's, I'm totally. Yeah. And Ringo's here. He lives here. Yeah. So what the yeah. hell? And like, yeah, you know, we can't meet at a delicatessen. <laughs> right. <laughs> the song. Canters. Like, come on, guys. Yeah. Like, you know, Paul is obviously on like a really nice like 4K HD camera. And yeah. Ringo is maybe on like an iPhone 10. Yeah, uh, yeah. Barbara's like filming. It looks really obviously different, <laughs> but then even like they, there, there wasn't even a conversation of like. But the Peter Jackson machine can't fix that, right? It can't, can't match these that. two people. Like I don't, I don't understand that. And like they didn't even converse about like what are we wearing for this? Let's be on the same page visually, so we look like we're yeah. in the same place. No, we're all going to wear Ringo t-shirts, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've got a goddess a care package to Paul and was like, uh, I'm thinking about this track suit with yeah. uh, my. And Paul was like, Yeah, why didn't they AI? They're also we're going to wear Ringo tracksuits. <laughs> Some really yeah, strange they choices. They should have just AI'd like Ringo t-shirts onto John and George. Like, yeah. and by the way, George is make it real. The 90s, George's fit in the 90s is sick. He's wearing a pad shirt <laughs> with a striped shirt underneath and like a yeah. weird beanie. Like, I am in. Hello, fellow kids. <laughs> Let's just talk about his drip while you're at it, Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> Try to appeal to the youth market. Um, Ringo's wearing uh, like a little hat that's kind of biting uh, Neil Peart's hats. Did you notice that? Yeah. The, it's like a brimless, uh, like I don't even know what you call it. reminded it. me of that time in the 90s when the Malcolm X movie came out and everybody was wearing X hats. Like, yeah. I was like, that's an interesting choice. Just a little. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, I had no idea that George had an earring until this video. I saw it. And there's a shot of Ringo. I'm like, he's got a freaking earring. And then someone pointed out he had it in the 70s. He had two. I was going to say, yeah, he had earrings in the 70s. When he had the perm, he had the earring. God, the perm. The overalls era? Yes, the perm and the overalls era. The one thing that jumped out to me being a music nerd was seeing them play in the 90s acoustic guitars. They both had a capo on the first fret. Yeah. What? This yeah. song is in E A minor, E minor. There's no like unless they had it was the nineties, so everyone's tuned down half a step. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna do it like a grunge band. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was weird too. Um but it did make me feel like Apple kind of showed their ass with like, oh hey, we have all this footage from the anthology sessions. So now like yeah. right, they have to do something with that. They have to. Like that's gotta be in the works for uh, 2025 I guess it would be well then they have that footage of George shooting with whatever that like Sony uh, handy cam yeah like, he's got that yeah. big big ass handy cam there yeah like what's all that footage um yeah and clearly that's the best part of the video right like that's the greatest thing yeah um the weird moment where the strings the guy from the strings is like looking up and they cut to him like why do we care about the strings in this video like that I didn't understand at all like 
are we making a behind the scenes video of this, of the making of this, or are we not? Like, I just, yeah, I don't know. And it was so when when John is conducting the strings, yeah, <laughs> right. And we get that, and then he's dancing, and then we cut to Paul. Look, is Paul supposed to be looking at John? Like, what is the narrative here? Yeah, I don't action know. shot. He's There's also double Paul, like in the control yeah. room. Yeah, that's weird. They put double. They double Ringo. They put Ringo into his like practice space bedroom. He's in there, younger and older Ringo. Or... See, I like the shot of like. I like. <laughs> you mean Joe Walsh's bedroom? Okay. Um, guys, Ringo's over here in the corner of my room the whole time <laughs> under the blanket. I can't think about Ringo shot too. Like I did too. I like the like shot it, of that. Like, that really echoes yeah. the now and then theme of the whole thing, right? I like, just didn't understand. I, I, like it yeah. just felt all mashed together. Like, I just didn't like, what is the, what are we getting out of this? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I liked the shots of, yeah, the juxtapose. I think some of those are really, really cool. Like, um, I liked the, like the magical mystery tour shots where they had, you know, John and George or they had Paul, you know, like the four of them sort of configured differently, like, you know, the young and the present, but I, I loved the shot of Ringo drumming next to like, you know, 1967 Ringo. I thought that was really really neat like that was one of the more tastefully done ai shots i felt like but i mean also like you know we're talking about free as a bird it's like you compare this video to free as a bird it's like free as a bird is going to come out for me at least on top oh it was just such a cool concept video you know i did so much with such little and such little technology especially for them like right now i'm sure that people are looking free as a bird and are fluent in production techniques now but for them to have done free as a bird at the time, like is I think pretty amazing, you know. Yeah. Um, and for again, for all of the technology that we're talking about here, for them to give us nothing that's even close, you know. And I think it's this mistake that the Beatles are making in their modern times of just like who they're choosing to work with. Like, why is Peter Jackson, a sixty-something-year-old man, making your your music video in twenty twenty-three? Like, I don't understand. Why is an 85-year-old artist making the cover art for this record? Like, I just, like, if you're going to do it in 2023, like, give it to a new voice, you know? And I just, that's just not happening, you know? And I, I think it it hurts, you know? Yeah. The, the, I think there's a fresh perspective that could come out of it. The best and maybe they're afraid of it. Maybe it's like they have more control of some of this other stuff. Like, you know, Peter Jackson's in the pocket of Big Beatles, I would assume. I think oh, you yeah. also run the risk then of, like, if they go for somebody younger and you know more you know at hipper and more of the moment you run the risk of like trend chasing and then maybe dating things and also seeming like i hate to say seeing seeming more out of touch because like it feels like sometimes this kind of video is like what are we doing here guys but like maybe it's an even bigger issue with you know somebody else i don't know that is a really good point though um the, the best part of me gets the narrative that they're reaching for here and and fall short of right yeah. like that it, it, it's all about this you know john reflecting on and and appreciating these moments and that they they are finishing the job for him afterwards and it's this long journey and this whole thing it's just the execution falls so short it, it you know especially and it falls shorter and shorter as the song progresses you know yeah. you look at to, last thing I'll say about Free as a Bird, maybe, is the the very end of Free as a Bird has that George on ukulele thing. Oh, yeah. That is so cool in the video and so, you know, it, it's just such a quintessential moment. And it's so Beatles-y to do something. And the closing John remark mm-hmm. there as well. 
Yeah. So you you do something little and weird at the end of the song. You know, that it's it's a Strawberry Fields thing, this different journey you go on at the end towards it. And this, whether it's the song, the video, whatever, plays it safer in a way that it's, it ends up missing the Beatles-y-ness of the thing. And it's funny you say that, too, because you know who loves a freaking, like, hidden track slash fade out? It's Paul McCartney. McCartney. <laughs> you know, he loves he loves to stuff, you know, like a, a hidden track onto the end of his albums. You know, you look at... Uh, you know, um, off the ground, you know, for example, uh, an album that will defend whatever fiber it might be in. But, you know, so it's surprising they didn't like just stuff something little onto the end. Wait, how did they not find a Paul piano demo from 1974 <laughs> that they end up hacking something on the end of it or whatever? To, you know, it would have been really neat. Those are for Ringo to. There's a tape that says for Ringo on it. Uh, <laughs> that when Paul passes, we'll get passed over and he'll finish all these tunes. I do think also. Oh my God, please. <laughs> I do think there also is like an element of like, you know, the, the Beatles have historically been very good about never repeating themselves, uh, you know, whether it's musically or visually or, you know, with artwork or graphics. And I felt like the one of the things I was worried about with this song was like, trying to cram it with like all these little like super beetly things that make it almost like a rattle like sure. a ruddles type thing and it's like yeah. you know even on a free as a bird like you get the little george thing paul's doing kind of like a variation of the come together baseline on that coda on free as a bird so it's like they're putting the little things in there for you and it's like they don't have to do it every time because then it's like you're right it's gimmicky so i i get you know maybe just playing it safe and making it a bit more of a a stately-esque track to try to, you know, close the chapter with, so to speak. But, yeah. On the whole, you know, I find myself... Yeah, I find myself really enjoying the song. I think, you know, like like what Becker was saying, like, I just chose to let myself enjoy this and relish in the fact that at 42 years old, I get to feel the same thing I felt when I was 14, and Free as a Bird came out because, like, that's a pretty amazing moment to get to have that kind of thing again. Um, and for all intents and purposes, this is probably the last time that's happening. Like, I'm sure we'll get unreleased stuff on box sets, but, like, this is the last, you know, quote-unquote new track I think we're getting. Um, and I really, you know, I like... I, I've, I've thought there was a couple of, um, like, fan-made versions of this that have been around for a while that are really interesting that do have some of that, like pastiche kind of things like they do some of the backing vocals from the tracks that are very obvious like love is old love is new lines like as opposed to just like finding like ahs and oohs and things uh they're overly psychedelic so i was i was kind of like anticipating a bit of that listening to this version and i was very glad that none of that existed as soon as i heard it because it was like sometimes it's nice to just have like a straight ahead kind of thing and this is more of that um but yeah, all in all, like, man, I'm a, I'm a fan of this. Like, I think the melody is great. Um, I, I, I genuinely love the, the verse melody. I think is fantastic. It's just, it's beautiful. It's a haunting melody. Um, and like our, of the song, yeah. that, that first line is, it's what's echoed in the guitar solo and the outro. It's, it's, it's the hook of the song. Yeah. And like you were saying earlier, RB, like it's all in minor keys with like, which they never like I can only think of like maybe three Beatles songs that are like dominant minor like minor keys throughout. 
Like everything is almost always major keys. So like it's different territory, um, which I think is also a divisive thing because it's not what you expect from a Beatles song. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, at the end of the day, like it's it, there's so many moments of beauty in it that like I'm just so happy to have those, you know, especially like these days. It's like, God damn, here they are again, like making everybody smile and not think about everything awful happening in the world. It's like, hey, we can talk about this amazing moment like one more time. How cool. I think I'm curious to get your thoughts on the marketing campaign and calling it the last Beatles song. I, I thought it was a bit macabre. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, you have Paul and Ringo being like, oh, cool. Like you're talking about immortality <laughs> here. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, and, you know, somebody I forget which one of you tossed out the word dirge, you know, and like you're saying, like it's minor key. It's, you know, that kind of thing. But I, I didn't know. I don't know. I have mixed feelings on the last Beatles song. tagline i do too um i found it just weird because whenever you get the next box set there's going to be unreleased stuff that no one's heard and that's going to cause confusion in the general public who aren't going to go well well, the last thing was a new song and they're not going to care about it they're just going to care about being fed new unheard material um so yeah i think that's kind of a weird route to have gone i'm not crazy about that yeah, especially introducing this new technology where, hey, we can separate tracks now, but this is going to be the last one. <laughs> well, not to we, men- we won't do it again. We've never <laughs> not to mention, again. you know, not to mention that, you know, you mentioned that the technology that it, regular everyday fans have been using online. Like, you know, I've the one thing that sticks out in my mind is um, I don't know who it was, but they overdubbed like young Paul's voice onto the tracks from the album news and i was like damn like these are great like it's very convincing yeah you know so it's there's and it's pretty scary there's like no limit you know you spent one night just like listening to that all together all like the the fans stuff i was like yeah or like paul singing paul singing like dater and believer like what the hell yeah 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 yeah, yeah. (laughs) done that should they should they have younged Paul's vocal here, do you think? I mean, I, there's so, so many ethics involved. Yeah, you know? I respect that. They, oh, should they have done that on Now and Then? No, That's an interesting, uh, or at least 70. Should they made it a night nice, uh, wings? Paul. Like wings. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, I think that having old Paul, like, is it, it just, it, it's more that now and then thing, right? I agree. Yeah. Too, I'm with yeah. It is freaky to hear like John in the seventies and Paul's current voice. Mm-hmm. I think that's actually one of the things I like the most about it. Cause it's just so like, it's the contrast. It's, like, it's some... really interesting. Yeah. It's jarring. It's a good. Yeah. I think yeah, it's yeah. Like, and you, you want the Beatles to make you uncomfortable at times. That's a part of why, because when we were young and we first started listening to them, there were things that were dangerous that we didn't necessarily understand at the time and, and were uncomfortable or whatever. This is uncomfortable in a wildly different way than something like <laughs> happiness is a warm gun, you know, because it's it's more about the cycle of life and the fact that you're leaving and, and you don't have a choice in that, right? Like, yeah. that is pretty cool. And, like, the Beatles are, like, trapped in this, like, eternal uh, kind of world of being in their 20s. Like, as they exist on record, the Beatles are eternally 20-something years old. Um, and so they kind of rep, they even now still represent this like youthful hope and kind of energy and fun. And then to get a totally different side of it from a member who is in his late thirties and is technically no longer here. And then another person who's not been here for 20 years. And then these two guys are in their eighties. Like it's a very human real moment of going, well, yeah, you know, like, holy shit, we are all 
going to die at some point and life is very fleeting and you do lose the ones you love and that's a really heavy moment so like it's it's cool like in that way like it very much like turns the 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 mirror in on everybody you know which is what they always kind of do in some way womp womp <laughs> thanks Beatles we're all gonna die God damn it. here's what I'll say in terms of Paul McCartney output this year better than bite my head off uh, <laughs> uh, the bass tone on that's way better though than on this one <laughs> uh, what do y'all do y'all think they're, oh I'm sorry go ahead did we mention the cover getting teased before the song came out and we need to talk about this artwork Man. you know we're talking about the Beatles having sort of, you know, they don't have a great through line of artwork. They do in the seven inches. I feel like about the, the 45s, there is, there is creative unity in that a little bit, which is probably just the format of the time, but in cover to cover, they, they vary a ton and played with a bunch, but I was bummed to see the cover in this come out. Like I, I was also hoping that it was not real or there was something else coming or like, I didn't, I didn't understand. I do not care if it calls back to those staircase photos. It is ugly <laughs> as shit. Like, yeah, it is up with this. Like, and why the this back graphic designer? He did the same thing with McCartney three. It's like this is like someone in your ninth grade Photoshop class being like, "Oh, they have gradients. I can use those <laughs> in the background." Look at that. the The green turns to black over time, <laughs> and that really I said in the Blotto Beatles episode already. It's coming out, but it it, it the font is also like an Edgar Allan Poe book cover or something like I don't I don't know what it is like I don't it seems to have nothing to do with like I don't believe this this uh that he had heard the song like I don't think this has anything to do with it's like that's another thing that we saw at the listening session and I was like oh mock-up <laughs> yeah like yeah so I was very shocked when I saw it on the internet I was like what <laughs> So it is like, real okay. I would have yeah, taken a, a, an alternate photo. I would have happily taken an alternate photo of some Beatles moment or so. And again, I get it that they didn't want to maybe just tread in that, that they were still like, all right, we're making a new song. We're making a new piece of art. Like, we're not going to give you the same shit. And so I, I, I respect that. I just don't know that they have the right people doing that. You know, I don't, I don't know. You, I mean, you know what? Like the, um, do they call it like a title card on the video where it has the four of them? Yeah. Where it's got like, I thought that was really poignant. Mm -hmm. You know, that would have been a great cover with, you know, like current Paul and Ringo and then George in the 90s and then John, like probably 1980. You know, I was because they're they all sort of look similar. You know, obviously, John's a lot younger, but it's, I thought that was that was striking to me when I saw it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird choice. And, I, you know, I think I think Paul has always uh, kind of fashioned himself as somebody who like works with his contemporaries and feels, you know, of the moment, but his contemporaries are also 85 years old yeah. and not always putting out the greatest thing you ever saw. Yeah. I, I do. I was relieved to not see the drop T logo on something for a change. Cause it was like, Oh, that's a change of pace. Cause everything has the same logo on it which just feels like McDonald's branding sometimes. So I was kind of okay with it for that reason. But on the whole, like, I just, I don't know. The, the cover, like, I just don't care. Like, yeah. I'm more concerned with the song. Like, the covers of the singles for Real Love and Free as a Bird, like, don't really stick in my craw at this point in life. Oh, you're saying I should let it go. 
Much like, much like Frozen. I should. Yeah, he was like Elsa this one. <laughs> Just Elsa. Right. I would let it go, except that I spent twenty five dollars on this. You and me, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't know how they're justifying that. Twenty three ninety nine for this forty five. That's a lot um, for seven inch record. But uh, yeah. I will say, when I listen to now and then, I had my headphones on, and then it went straight into the new "Let Me Do." Mm. I was pretty pretty impressed with that actually. Before we get into "Love Me Do." Yeah, flip that flip that guy over because I think yeah, the yeah. back cover the back is cover is awesome. Why yeah. is this not the front? And yeah. it, do you guys yeah do you guys know the story behind the back cover? I don't heard it today. But... Yeah, yeah. The story for those of you who haven't heard it is that you know when Paul called Olivia and he was like, "We're gonna finish the song. Like, what do you think? Like, uh, you know, do you think George would be into it?" And she sort of caught sight of this piece of art on the mantle piece and i can't remember who the artist is i'm so sorry maybe you guys know um but she sort of saw it and she took it the clock as like a you know sort of omen of now and then and she was like you know what? i think george would be okay with it so that was the piece and i like oh, that wow. it came from george world mm-hmm. you know like that's that's really nice to it's have a better there. Cover. Oh, and it's a better cover it should have been yeah. the cover yeah have yeah. you here's the only thing i'll say about the cover that was have you guys seen the cassette version of the cover Mm-mm. It nope. looks way better as the cassette version. The cassette single is way better. Yeah, I like the looks, single. Oh, just oh, the way the artwork is on the cassette. Yeah, just way plays because they make they do like an homage to the blue album thing, where it's like the the blue background. It says the Beatles on top, and then the now and then is just taking up the bottom half. Oh yeah, of the cassette I like cover. When, I like when records do that and keep the cassettes did that to keep the uh, aspect ratio. That's the only time I'm like, this looks really good. Yeah, that like. So, what do we think about uh, Love Me Do on the other side? I was just really happily taken with it. Like, to be real honest, I mean, I, it just sounded fantastic. And for me, like, I I really wasn't expecting much. I was like, I don't know why this is... I guess they had to put something here. But then for... for like I said, I just played it on Spotify for now and then to go into Love Me Do. Like, I, I thought, it, thought it was fantastic. Like, in the we're separating drums and things like that. Like, I think the sound staging is fantastic. I think the drums sound great. I think the, uh, that harmonica part is, is fantastic in a new way. Like it feels so clear and like, I don't, it almost feels like they're in like a dead room playing the, the harmonica. Like it's, it's great. Well, like you, you can hear John take like deep exhales before the harmonica, yeah. which is like, that's really cool. Like you've never heard that before. Like that's pretty amazing. And, and yeah, you know, it feels I like, impressive. Yeah, I agree. I like that, you know, my favorite thing about it is like we have this ending, and then guess what? You can start all over again, you know, yeah. with Beatles. And yeah, was that I think maybe maybe that was their intention. I don't know, but I, I really like that part of it. Yet again, another another now and then. Right. Another so first last with now and then the the first release and the last release is, you know, it completes the poetry and I we recorded, as Becker said, an episode that hasn't come out yet of Blood of Beatles that is going to come out in a couple of weeks where we're we're kind of preambling. I don't even know if this stuff will end up keeping in. But at the time I said, I think I stand by this. Like, so I get the poetry of Love Me Do, the the first last and, and teasing us into this is the next step in what you're going to hear in this this Beatles stuff. You're going to hear the, the early records and we're going to break that down and and it's going to sound different than you've ever heard. And I'm excited for that. I wish instead 
on this single. They did the A-side is this Beatles recording of Now and Then that we hear. Why not on the B-side do the entirely cleaned up demo of the John Lennon version, just him sitting at a piano, make those two separate tracks, treat them however you want, and give us what it was that they heard that they got to mess with. You know, I think that would have been a really cool process thing for us to hear and understand as well. I would think, you know, there's a really great article uh, on the website mixonline.com talking about the making of this. And one of the things it alludes to is that the discussion of can, you know, will this technology be applied to free as a bird in real love? And whoever they're talking to from Apple was kind of cagey, but said like, that project will be revisited, you know, soon, uh, which leads me to think that for the anniversary for that in a couple of years, we're going to get an expanded yeah, we're gonna get new anthology. I would love to see in whatever box set configuration that comes and look at that puppet dog. Oh, my God. I've lost my train. It's a cute puppy, Allison. <laughs> Sorry, I just picked up uh, our poodle. <laughs> hello. Yeah. Waving hello to everybody. Love it. Audio hello. <laughs> um you know, whatever format that comes out in in its reissue, I would love to have these three songs and their three respective demos. Um, yeah, that'd be. In addition, you know, I would love to get some session stuff from uh, the first two if that exists. I have to think there's got to be some kind of, you know, outtakes from that. You know, like, and uh, even if you made, you know, I, I complained a lot on the last e- last uh, on the Let It Be box set about the inclusion of a four song twelve inch EP that when you broke it down was priced at the same as a full as an LP that was full of music, you know? Um, I've never once played the EP that was included in that box set. Yeah. I would love to have an EP with these three songs and their three demos. Yeah. I would willingly pay for that in an expanded anthology set. I think it can't come out of this, to Tommy's point, I think it can't come out at the same time because it just opens up everyone being like, well, the demo was better. Why did they do anything? The demo was like this but thing of demo with that now. You know, they're already doing that now. For like, now and then? Yeah. From, oh, because it's out there in the world. Yeah, because it's been out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying the greater public is not like putting the comparing crass, contrasting on day one. You know, right, yeah, yeah. Right. I have no doubt that people are going back and saying like, uh-huh. um, we've had the demo and here it is. And it's, it's a better tune, of course, those who want to go and hear it. But. I, I think it can't be released at the same time because it's like, well, we spent all this money to do all this work, hired all these. Uh, oh, you mean like green? You mean like now? Yeah, not then, but now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking then. Yeah. <laughs> seeing seeing some of the uh, cleaned up shots from like the '60s that were in the music video made me like really want to them to like reissue anthology with like we've remastered all of this video. Yeah. That look, you've seen that looks like it's you know, VHS quality. And now it's mm. like 4k, you know what I mean? Like there was a couple, couple scenes. If, in, if they redropped like, the Chris master anthology like on Disney plus, <laughs> I would be stoked. <laughs> it, has, like, it has to be coming, right? Like it, there's, there's no way that that's uh, already in the works. Yeah. I would. Don't you guys think that's inevitable? Yeah. Like, or yeah. Right. I thought because that's what this project was going to be. Like, it was close oh, yeah. enough in time. It, th- this song is from the same sessions. It seemed and it, anthology's been unavailable for so long. It seemed like well, the time is probably right because right, we've just done this massive get back thing. Now we want to give the whole story. You know, like this would be the perfect time. And so I was really shocked when it was like, oh, it's the red, the blue album. It's like, 
<laughs> okay. Which is a weird call yes. in and of itself, right? Yeah. Like, and I love the, the Red and the Blue albums were probably, I, I've talked about this much, huge entry points for me into the, the Beatles world. Yeah. But... But his narrative of how you consume music was so different then. Yeah. It's so weird that this is on the Blue Album now. What were you saying, Harvey? I said, isn't it, isn't it weird that this that now and then it's going to be the last song in the Blue Album where it, they're just like, disregard, you know, Freeze a Bird and yeah. whatever. Uh, like, this is just now like, bloop. It's, it's the the title of the record ends in 1970 and then we get this and it was recorded in a second. Yeah. yeah. It does seem to be the album. They should have like saved it to the, until, I don't know, you know, Anthology Revisited comes yeah, out. Yeah, that's, that's what I really was kind of surprised about. But, you know, Apple makes decisions that are strange to some of us. So, who knows? I do wish I could just sit around and throw Anthology on on the Right, Disney Plus. I don't know why I'm paying for Disney Plus. Like I don't. I haven't watched. I haven't rewatched Get Back. Yet. What about Mando? How, how are you doing on Mando? I am not into all the. I'm having a hard time with this. Well, they just bought Hulu, so it's all going to coalesce into one massive money suck at some point that you'll have to pay for when Anthology Deluxe comes out in 2024, 25. There's so much garbage that is put on TV occasionally. Where like I would watch 30 minutes of Anthology all of the time. Oh, that would be fun. Fantastic. Oh, Paul just, uh, Paul and find cardigans behind I, the I wheel of the ship. That, uh, I love that part. Whose boat is I that? mean, you want to talk about drip? Paul <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Come on. Yeah, real, like pre Heather, pre Heather drip. <laughs> real, uh, it just hits different. Yeah. How is Paul looking so good right now? Like, you said like uh, vibes in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. R.I.P. Matthew Perry. But right now, like his, he's just he's got the casual jacket down yeah. game down really well. And like, I I do have a fantasy about jackets. Where I'm always like, oh, there's there's the perfect jacket out there that I haven't bought yet or something. And Paul seems to have them all. Yeah, you but and I are like cut from the same cloth, my friend. I'm the same way about jackets. <laughs> it's denim. That cloth is denim. It's denim. <laughs> Waxed denim, raw denim, yeah. all the denims. Yeah, I think it, I think it's really helpful when your daughter is a really good fashion designer. To go, yeah, dad, you shouldn't be looking like an 85 year old man because you're fucking Paul McCartney. So, yeah, we'll make sure you look like a 75 year old man. Yes. <laughs> I think also he looks so much better because he's not dying his hair. Like, yeah. Hey, man. When I see this so now from like five years ago, I'm like, bro, you look like an idiot. <laughs> like, it looks just like, and it's head. like, it looks like, che- it looks like cheap dye too. Yeah. It's not like, you know, and I, yeah, Silver Mecca. Like when he started to let his like sideies go gray, we were like, yes. And then yeah. he dyed it. We we're like, fuck. But then <laughs> when he went full Silver Mecca with like the silver shovel, mm-hmm. he looks great. Yeah. I mean, he just looks, yeah, he looks amazing. Yeah. It's very much a style resurgence for him because there was a, few, there was a rough patch for a while. Oh, yeah. yeah it was the, the 80s for yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I've got to say, we talk about Paul, but like, and again, not to like, MD Braggy McBraggerson, but I was on the media line for Ringo's birthday in Beverly Hills. And, you know, I stood this far from him and I was just like, how the fuck is he turning 83 today? Like, it is unreal. And he had like a little stage uh, set up probably like three feet off the ground or something. And like he hopped up and hopped hopped off of it like three times. And I'm like, I couldn't do that on my best day, (laughs) you know? So it's like, damn! Like, what the hell fountain of youth are these guys drinking from? I think and his his go to answer. Can they sell it? 
His go-to answer is that he eats broccoli Joe Walsh. every meal and Joe Walsh. <laughs> yeah, and Joe Walsh had blood transfusions and nice. <laughs> yes, the the secret is hidden in his emoji code. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've been telling you all along. Yeah. Um, um, how was the, the Ringo's birthday thing? What was it he, was what great, was actually. Doing? We're going like... to... Yeah, he parties every year. Like, he throws himself a little party. Yeah. There's usually some pretty good, like, finger food, pretty good cake. <laughs> And uh, he has a little concert for himself. And then at noon, of course, it's like the peace and love bullshit. Um, and uh, and so it's, you know, but um, I well, we're going to talk about it on a future episode, but I did get to talk to him for about a minute. So we're going to air oh, that. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. But it's it's a good job. It's always so fucking hot. Obviously, it's like early July in LA. So I always end up with a sunburn. It's always my Ringo sunburn. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, how do we feel? Yeah. I think let's everybody, you know, give us your, your minute elevator pitch one way or the other. What are you thinking? And this is not by, this is by no means, you know, written on your tombstone. you everyone will probably change their opinion in six weeks, six months, six I'm years. Definitely writing this on Becker's tombstone. And in case you're wondering, <laughs> like, this is. I don't even want you to come to my funeral. I think it's very presumptuous that you've, you've guessed that. Uh, yeah. that I know. That was loaded. That was a loaded statement. <laughs> oh, I'm burying you, buddy. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> If you don't think my daughters have my wishes for your tombstone already, or <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, uh, for me, it's it's just going to be longevity. I think the luxury of Blotto Beatles is that we are ranking songs as we go, and so if, uh, we have an incredible uh, road ahead of us still. Where uh, we've only done seventy-two tracks or something like that. So, I think the real luxury for us is that maybe we just shelve this and talk about it in two years or something like that, and then really get to go back and be like, what does it mean? Have I listened to it? You know, like. That's that's the biggest thing for me. Like, am I going to put this on? Am I going to make the decision to listen to now and then in 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 a month, in in three months? I, I don't know. I'm I'm not more sure. importantly, you know, you got to decide on the secret word. Yeah, for now and then. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Scott can't. Uh, oh yeah, Scott's not here tonight. I want to I want to address. Oh that. yeah, we didn't say that. Scotty Scotty couldn't be here tonight. He did. Uh, he, He's on vacation with his family and said he only got to listen to the song on his phone, which I imagine meant yeah. he just held his iPhone speaker up to Sorry. the rock. He didn't want to. He didn't want to comment. He's in LA though. He could have just rolled over to. to I know. Yeah. Been hanging I know. Hey, yeah. He could have been part of my blurry background. <laughs> <laughs> just hanging out back there, yelling his feedback. It's much like him as part of Blood of Beatles. But uh, so that's where I stand. I, I want to. You know, I've enjoyed this past week. And um, I'm gonna gonna see where it sits with me. Allison, how do you feel? Um, you know, I think for somebody who wasn't around, well, I was I was around, but I wasn't aware of the anthology. You know, when it came out, I was you know pretty young, and so I wasn't there for the Freeze Bird sort of premiere. But I've heard so much about it, you know. So I think for me, especially this coming out in the time of the internet age and getting to see like you referenced Becker, like the discourse and the, like the excitement around it and just everybody posting about it and, you know, it being such a united front where, whether you like it or not, you know, everybody's talking about it. 
and streaming it. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a pretty interesting thing for a new Beatles single to come out and the Beatles and the Stones to be releasing new music in 2023. And, you know, the Beatles having the number one song and, you know, it's, it's something that I think future generations will be jealous that, you know, we got to experience that. Um, and as far as the song itself, you know, just grateful to have it, you know, grateful to have it and grateful that we're still getting new box sets and, you know, that Giles Martin's doing his thing. And, you know, and I'm a Giles Martin, like I love his stuff a lot. Um, so I'm excited to hear the Red and Blue albums uh, in their entirety. But, you know, I just think it's been a really exciting week. And um, yeah, I'm also interested to see like what the legacy of Now and Then is going to be, like if people, how people are going to remember it in a couple of years. Yeah. RB, how about you, Ben? Uh, I am happy that this song exists in the world. I know it's like I, I just, I feel, I feel happy that like it feels like, uh, you know, the song has probably been haunting Paul for ever, right? He's even like during the uh, anthology times, he was like, "I'm gonna finish this song." Like he was, he was determined. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, I'm, I'm happy that it's out there. I'm happy that we get to to listen to it uh, obviously you know technical achievement and all that uh you know i i'm thrilled that uh that peter jackson like made the get back thing and made this all possible because uh you know if if it weren't for him getting involved in that get back project we wouldn't have had him we wouldn't have had this song probably we wouldn't have probably had the revolver set we probably wouldn't have had paul singing with john live on on stage during his shows uh with with that uh that that bit that he he, he grabbed out of the out of, out of the rooftop um yeah no but this song i'm i'm glad it's out there i'm 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 you know i've only it's been what four days that i've heard it now and i've i've listened yeah. to it a bunch uh and it's hard. It's hard to formulate a, a solid opinion after four days. I think, but um, I appreciate you sucking up to Peter Jackson, but I don't think he's going to come on the pod after what we said about the video. So <laughs> you can you can let it go. <laughs> or the shot. It was just his first try, guys. It's the first video. It's only room to go up from here. But has he seen a music video before? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what do you? One think? thing that we didn't. Sorry. Oh, sorry. One thing that we didn't mention um, that is so dear is, of course, it's called Mal. Like, yeah. how lovely yeah. is that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you know, that, that warms my heart. I, do I can't that. wait to read this Mal book. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. I oh, just yes. whoa. I just started it. I, I'm like 40 pages in and it's really, really good. Like, Ken. Yeah. I'm so writer. excited to read it. Yeah. yeah. I think it's great also because it like it really like there's a bit of Mal Evans that is going to live on in entertainment industry for generations now like i thought you were about to say there's a bit of mal evans in all of us that's what i thought you were gonna say <laughs> <laughs> there's just a little bit of mal in each of us <laughs> which maybe every time maybe that is every true. time you wanna every time you know you get the the urge to whack an anvil you know yeah. just that's a desire for something anytime <laughs> someone says you to run an errand that you don't really think is worthwhile yeah. mal's inside of you yeah. that's mal <laughs> tommy what do you think do yeah, I think I've said it, right? Like, it's, it's, I'm still processing. I'm still trying to unfold and unpick what I truly think this thing is. I think Becker had a, a great point by saying the, 
we have a great luxury here in that I, I get more time to think about it before I have to fully plant a flag in the ground. And, and that's great because recency bias is a thing, right? And like whether I, I loved it or hated it this last week, um, the better part is listening over months and years to try and figure out what I think. I'll stand by. I think Freeze a Bird is better. <laughs> if I'm, if you're asking me, that feedback surprised me tonight a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to be I, honest. I, I, I was surprised by it. I was going to say this is, I thought, agreeable the first. Like we would go one, two, three. Yeah, it's uh now and then, but Freeze but just the, really. the the idea of you know the the Beatles legacy and the idea that Paul and Ringo are still part of it and, and pitching in and. You know, we all look at swaths of our lives that were important at a time and then you're forced to move on, right? Like that there were these big pivotal things and then you're like, and that's my history. And how do I not make that Bruce Springsteen's glory days? Right? Like, <laughs> and yeah. but, you know, the idea that we all value this thing, this contribution to humankind and they're like, and we do too, right? Like this was important to us in our twenties and was something really wild and different. And we think it's important to still pitch into it. Like there's, there is absolute value there. So that's where I am. Right. Yeah. I, I've thought about it, you know, a lot. Like I, I'm really happy with how the song came out. Like I'm truly, I think when, when you get stuff like this, you run the risk of, of being like embarrassed for them if it's bad or like embarrassed as a fan to like like something that is kind of shitty. But I think this is really good and I'm I'm really happy with how it came out. Um I don't like you guys, I don't know where it's gonna sit for me in a year. I don't know how I'm gonna rank it. Uh because I've predicated this whole thing on two hundred and twenty three songs, cause who would have thought there'd be another one coming out in twenty twenty four three. Um so at some point I have to figure out how to do that and and where I'm gonna put an asterisk on it. You should probably just start over. Yeah, I mean, yeah. my wife will legit divorce me if I start this podcast again. Yeah, I like that you're like, oh, Ju- Julia's sick today. She's not coming on the <laughs> The sick of, sick of the beat. Let the record show. Like, air quotes <laughs> around the word sick. <laughs> she, you know, she is on the couch sick, unfortunately. Uh, but, you know, I, I think I've got to live with it for at least a year to formulate some kind of, you know, place for it. But uh, yeah, I'm, like you guys, like, I'm really, really happy that we get to to have this moment and and enjoy this this thing together. Like as as fans of that band and as as people that have gotten to know each other, like we have a new thing that we can talk about and be fucking excited about, and that's so cool. Um, you know, another thing for me, like I I feel like maybe I'm like a big sap. Uh, I really am into like the emotional aspect of stories, especially like human stories and. The Paul and John friendship is, you know, a really big thing. And I do genuinely buy into, like, this has been something that Paul has, like, needed to do for 30 years. Like, whatever whatever the truth is behind who the song is for, who was, how it was written, you know, what the intent was, like, it obviously really means something to Paul. Because he's no doubt spent 30 years thinking about this song a lot. Um and for me, like, I'm glad to see that he's seen this through because I'm sure it probably means a whole lot to him. Um, I yeah, I feel like sometimes he gets kind of like accused of being like robotic and just like, 
wanting to, you know, be the head guy in charge and, you know, do whatever. But I think this is like a very human, not a, re a redemption moment. It's not redemption. It's, uh, I don't know. It's like, it's like he's seen his quest through, you know, for this. And so I feel really good for him for that. Um, so I've got a lot of, you know, happiness around it for that. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm really, really happy. This week has been awesome. Like, what a great time to to be a fan of of this band. It's been really, really cool. So, yeah. Amen. Right? Yeah. Well, we did. I, I think maybe we love that we got yeah, to yeah. We that was, was awesome. And this is kind of our, our, just to mark a moment in time, this is our second uh, kind of roundtable discussion for yeah. new Beatles stuff since Pod Stravaganza doing these podcasts. Right. Like, what a cool <laughs> thing that a band that's been broken up for, you know, 50 years, we, we, we still get the opportunity to uncover new things together. So yeah. I think maybe we, we go around real quick, just tell we're all going to maybe, I, I think, are we all putting this on our feeds coming up it, it, or if we want to? Yeah. Regardless, I think sure. it's important we all say who we are and where we're from. I'll, I'll start. Blotto Beatles, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast. That's blottobeatles.com. Um, we would love it if you haven't heard us, if you give us a listen. Jonathan, what do you got? Uh, I am one half of the team behind Ranking the Beatles. Um, we do the same thing as Blotto Beatles, only sober. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> um, and you can check us out on all your podcast platforms and at rankingthebeatles.com. Allison, how about you? Um, I am one half of uh, Because the Beatles, that's BC the Beatles and Internet Speak. Um, and we are BC the Beatles everywhere uh, across social media or bcthebeatles.com. You can find us wherever we get, um, wherever you get your podcasts. And we have yet to be on Ranking the Beatles, but, uh, and I will try. We, we've exchanged a whole we bunch of emails and then y'all, y'all take it a break. I get it. <laughs> I know. I, I know. Well, we're, it's okay. We're back, baby. Let's do but it. But I will say the drunkest I've. I will say the drunkest I've ever been in my adult life was when we did Blotto Beatles. So we heard about it. I'm going to put that in my, my <laughs> Apple podcast review. <laughs> I still have not had Fireball since. So oh, fair. Um, that's, that's an adult learning for all of us. <laughs> that, yeah. That, we were in the heart of we were in the heart of COVID for that episode. Like things that's seemed, true. It was middle there was like a, a, a crazy desperation of the times. And it was it was just nice to make connection with people. We were all that, feral at that. That was point. a fun episode. <laughs> yeah. It was a How, lot of fun. I don't heard remember a lot of it. I don't recall. But <laughs> you were uh, you were eating French fries at one point. <laughs> Was I? Yeah, thanks. So. <laughs> you liked one of my regular French fries while you were drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm eating on the pot all the time. I'm like, uh, you know, yeah, Scott's you like, a peanut. Scott's like, stop eating pretzels yeah. on the <laughs> frontier. The going nuts. <laughs> so, oh anyways, I love it's all of your fun. shows. Uh, you guys, you do the beat up. I love right. Yeah, thank you for having me. All you guys. And the wild thing is that as the five of us came together, we're all wearing shirts with Ringo on them. I like I didn't expect <laughs> that when you all signed on. That's amazing. So that's I, all I own. I didn't They're start this show even wearing a Ringo shirt. I don't know how this happened. We started with no shirt on. It was a kind of, <laughs> so I think I think we should probably end with three words. Oh. Maybe those three words that we all say are this. Peace, Peace and, and and love. love. <laughs> <laughs>
Thanks so much for listening to BC The Beatles. We hope you enjoyed reliving those exciting early November days with this roundtable discussion. And if you enjoyed our friends at Blotto Beatles and Ranking the Beatles, head on over to their feeds too for lots of fantastic episodes. We've put links to both pods in the show notes. As always, subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now, and give us a rating slash review so other Beatlemaniacs can find us. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter slash X, and TikTok. We'll be posting photos and more from this episode and beyond. Remember, you can always email us at bcthebeatles at gmail.com as well. We'll see you in 2024. Bye. Bye.